the ton of bricks that hit me over the head, you know, one night was every single project that the MEP design firm completes here in New York City requires a special inspector commissioning and concrete testing. Mm. So, so not only was, if I could figure out a way to make this deal happen, which I really didn't know how I was going to do that, I was just a little one-man show, or at the time I was maybe a 10 or 15-person company, and I certainly wasn't a multimillionaire. You know, how am I going to acquire a company? Welcome to the Fueling Deals Podcast, the podcast that teaches how to accelerate your business growth through all types of deals. It's time to fuel up, so buckle in with your host, Corey Kupfer. There are only two ways to grow your business, organically through sales and marketing and providing great products and services, and inorganically through deals. Too many companies focus only on the first way, organic growth. Welcome to the podcast, which will help accelerate your business growth inorganically. My guests are a huge variety of deal makers and experts on all types of deals who have personal experience that can help you grow, get clear, learn best practices, and avoid mistakes. We discuss everything from large, complex mergers and acquisitions to smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. My guest today is Matt Wavro. Matt has over 20 years of experience in the construction industry, including design, commissioning, materials testing, contracting, and special inspections. As founder and managing partner of Skyline Engineering, he's provided overall leadership and technical support for the design, commissioning, materials testing, and special inspections teams. Matt's experience includes data centers, office space, higher education, financial services, retail, healthcare, high-rise, residential, and trading floor projects. Matt is an industry leader in engineering and special inspections industry. He started Skyline Engineering as a one-man show in 2010 and has grown the firm to comprise four engineering service divisions with over 70 employees across three offices in New York City. And we're going to get to talk about some of the ways he's grown the company um, inorganically, uh, uh, in addition to, I'm sure, the organic growth he's had. Uh, I'm thrilled to have, have you on the show, Matt. Welcome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So, Matt, before we get into uh, a little bit more about what you do and how you've grown the business through deals, I want to take you back. And when you were a little kid growing up, what did you want to be? Because, um, I don't know, you know, maybe an engineer and building an engineering company and doing deals to grow that was was it. But, uh, you know, odds are at 6, 8, 10, 12, maybe not. So tell me, what was it? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, I, I didn't even know what an engineer was. but. Um when you talk to many engineers, you, you find out that they love to uh, take things apart and find out how they worked. And that was certainly me. Um, so yeah, I would, I would, I would take things apart, find out how they worked. Um, I had, I'll have to credit uh, uh, one of my favorite toys as, as a youngster was an erector set, which I don't know if anyone remembers sure. that or had one, but uh, sure. I think that was it right there. You know, the erector set and um, you know, the, the rest is history, but uh, you know, all, all, all through school, uh, you know, didn't even really know what an engineer was, knew I loved science and had a science background. And when I was able to, to you know, get mathematics to, uh, and, and physics to show me how I, I can use math and physics to, to build things in the world, that, that was when the engineer was born. You know, it's, 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 it's funny, Matt, because growing up, I was never that guy, that kid who could take things apart and put it back together. But I had a younger brother, uh, have a younger brother, he's five years younger than me. And, you know, he would be six, seven years old in a, you know, and this is back in the days of transistor radios or whatever. And like the radio, you know, the transistor radio would break and he would at seven or eight, whatever, would take it apart, 
put it back together and somehow it would work. And I, I had never understood how he could do that. And he became an architect. So, uh, you know, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> interesting. Um, and so, Matt, what, what was um, what was your first real business, however you define that? First real business. That's also a great question. So, um, <laughs> I... Uh, I, again, I was always into 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 science and animals and technology. And would you believe my my first business was called Matt's Mice? <laughs> I I, uh, I I I had some pet mice, and they had some babies. And I I raised the babies, and I ended up selling them to to schoolmates, and you know keeping some, and and ended up with several tanks in the garage, and uh, and I I, I used. Um, you know, there there were barely computers back then. We're talking about uh, I don't know, nineteen eighty two or something like that. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 story I, I created a, a program where I could enter in the uh, you know the number of mice and the dollars sold and and all this stuff and and I, I kept track of it on a on a on a tape deck. So it wasn't even a CD. It was actually like a almost like a tape recorder. Was the the storage device. Uh, very interesting. <laughs> wow. Wow. So you were, uh, you effectively created, you know, your own uh, Excel-like spreadsheet on a, and st- <laughs> started on tape. <laughs> yes, that was the the entrepreneur that I really didn't know was in me. It was just kind of natural. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so Matt, t- tell us, I mean, you know, we, we covered a lot of it in your, uh, you know, in, in your bio, but uh um, you know, just give us another minute or two on on what your what your company does, and then we'll delve into uh, some of the ways you grew through deals. Yeah, so Skyline is a um, it, it's a very unique company. It became a unique company after you know my first uh, uh, acquisition. Um, but we we do I, I believe we're very unique. You know, in in New York City, in that we do so many different things that no other company does as many of the services that we do. So uh, we're an MEP design firm. So we design mechanical, electrical, plumbing, sprinkler systems for buildings. We're primarily in the building construction business as opposed to bridges, roads, and tunnels. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we build buildings. We also have structural design in, in, in the office. Um, we provide a, a service called special inspections, which is essentially the, uh, an arm of the New York City Department of Buildings. So there is a department of buildings that does inspections, but it's really limited to, uh, you know, TCOs and things like that. The real inspections have been outsourced to a, a, a type of company called a special inspection agency, which is what I created from scratch in 2010, having had other history in the business. Um, so we do design, we do inspections, we do commissioning. So commissioning is a step beyond just inspecting. Um, commissioning is actually functionally testing equipment. So chillers, refrigeration machines, air conditioning, fans, generators, um, that, that sort of equipment. So we functionally test to make sure it's performing properly versus just say, yes, it's here, you know, and, it, and it's connected properly. So, um, and that's something that's required by the energy code here, here in New York City. Um, and then the fourth part of the company is a materials testing laboratory. Um, which is not an easy thing to to build from scratch, although that's what we did. Um, so many companies just kind of stay away from the whole concrete testing um, side of things. But so the company has, you know, all four divisions um, all rolled into one. We could take a project from basically concept phase all the way through design, construction, materials testing, quality control, 
and even make sure it works right. So in, ensuring total quality from you know beginning to end. That's great. And, and you've already alluded, alluded to the fact that part of the way you got there to have this comprehensive offering, which seems pretty unique in the industry, is through, is through deals. And before I ask about any of that, you know, I want to hear about that first deal and the subsequent ones. But I have a question for you uh, that is more, you know, you started as a, as, a, as a solo guy, right? You know, and you, you, you launched this business and so many companies just hustle to try to get clients and do, you know, basically market and do whatever they need to do for organic growth, which I'm sure you did as well. But what was it? I want to get into the mindset before we speak about any of the specific deals. Because one of the things I say in my outro is always that the you know that the only difference between companies that grow inorganically and those that don't, uh, and it's unrelated to size, etc., is that somebody makes a decision to do deals. So what was it that had you um, you know mindset wise say, hey? I'm not just going to focus on organic growth, but I'm also going to look at ways to do deals to grow my business. Yeah, so I um, I have a pretty rich history in the design part of the field from my previous companies. But when I started Skyline, I was doing uh, third-party services, and I was growing the company very organically, just like you said. You know, uh, I, I I accumulated a lot of work very quickly, started hiring help, um, and then the company just kind of grew very organically from there. Um, so what happened was an opportunity came up, believe it or not, on, uh, on LinkedIn <laughs> to, okay. to, uh, to possibly acquire an MEP design firm, which is where my roots are. So I have 15 years of roots as a design engineer working for a very large firm you know, here in the city. And Skyline had really gotten away from the design aspects and focused more on third-party inspection services. Uh, but now here's an opportunity to to acquire an MEP design firm. So I said to myself, "Oh boy, you know, I, look, I I I left the uh, the design world, you know, behind me for for a little bit. Uh, I was enjoying what I was doing, um, but then I started to realize, you know, what was really going on. It wasn't just expanding services and acquiring um, and an MEP design firm, but what what." The, the ton of bricks that hit me over the head, you know, one night was every single project that the MEP design firm completes here in New York City requires a special inspector commissioning and concrete testing. So, so not only was if I could figure out a way to make this deal happen, which I really didn't know how I was going to do that. I was just a little one man show or at the time I was maybe a 10 or 15 person company. And I certainly wasn't a multimillionaire. You know, how am I going to how am I going to acquire a company? I was almost going through the motions just to kind of see what it was about, with without having the full intention of going through with it because I really didn't know that I would find a way to do it. So, but but when I realized that uh, that what if we came together, what that would create is a very unique firm, and I would basically be be feeding my existing company with work from the already uh, established, successful MEP engineering firm, it was almost a no-brainer. I said to myself, oh my God, I, I have to do this. I have to figure out a way. So, so yeah, I want to get into how you figured out a way because uh, I'm, I'm loving, I don't know this story, listeners, right? So I'm hearing it for the first time as well. And I'm excited to hear it because, you know, too many people, I think, assume uh, like, you know, you had that hesitation, like, how am I going to get this deal done? Right. We're a small company. I'm one guy I'm whatever, you know, I have, uh, you know, and, and so many people stop there and then they don't, they don't 
think they can get the deal done and they don't even pursue it. But you did, Matt. So, so tell us, you know, let, let our listeners know uh, what it took to get that deal done. Because like you said, you didn't have millions of dollars sitting around to write a check, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, just, just, just like I organically grew the business from day one, I, I, I try to use my, my team, right? I have a, I have a, a, a business consultant that I would go to that kind of helped me set up, you know, insurance and payroll and, and all those kinds of things. Um, through him, I found an, an accountant and I would, I would constantly be running, you know, I'd be meeting with these guys occasionally and, you know, checking in and seeing how things are going and, and get, get input. So obviously my, my bank is, is also a member of that, of that team. And, you know, we, we started with a very small line of credit to get us through, uh, you know, the payroll ups and downs. And I, I went to my, my bank and uh, said, look, you know, th- this is an opportunity. How, how can I, how can we, we get this to happen? And they, they mentioned uh, the SBA, the, the Small Business Administration, um, you know, could, could review the, the case, if you will, and, and see if this is something that they would, uh, you know, they can offer uh, a loan to, to buy the company with, with um, you know, very little down, you know, a very small percentage of, of down payment. And then, you know, another tool, something called like, a, like an earn out, right? Where, um, and I, I guess this is very popular in the, you know, I'm basically in the service industry, right? So, uh, and, and, you know, the, 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 the existing uh, partners of the firm that I was purchasing, um, obviously having, having uh, them continue to be involved in the company is very important for engineers because it, it's all about relationships. So what you do to keep them from just, you know, walking away and, and just all their customers walking with them um, is you have something called like an earnout. So in other words, you can defer some of the money to three years down the road. So that, that comes off what has to come out of your pocket. Um, so we were able to work some numbers out and, um, and get it to the point where I, I, can, I could afford the, uh, the loan, I can afford the, the down payment. I did have a little bit of cash in the bank. Um, and then with, with the deferred uh, earn out, um, we were able to make it happen. And you know, by, by looking at financials um, of, of, the, of each firm alone by itself, and then the potential of when they come together, the, my bank was able to, uh, to secure that, that, that loan. Yeah, so there's so much in listeners. There's so much in what Matt's you know said here, right? So I want to just sort of break down a couple of things um, before we have them go on. And that is, you know, first of all, uh, you know, I want to break down some assumptions and limiting beliefs. Then I also want to break down some of the aspects of the deal structure. So first of all, you know, there, there's this saying out there, right? That everybody, you know, it's very common to say that banks will only lend you money when you don't need it, right? And listen, there's some truth to that. That if you if you have zero you know, uh, collateral and no money to put down and, you know, no credit and whatever, it's tough to get money. But this is a case where, you know, the, the bank, uh, I'm sure, was underwriting largely based upon, uh, you know, I mean, in part, obviously, based upon their relationship with you and their history uh, and, you know, and on, on whatever level of success you had. But also, they were looking at the opportunity of the cash flow that would come in from the uh, company you were acquiring. Um, and I'm sure it was, you know, it must have been a profitable company. So, you know, I, one of the things for the listeners is, you know, you should not assume that bank financing is not available, especially, you know, through the SBA, which is willing to, you know, has uh, the underwriting criteria isn't as strict. And the big thing is, as Matt said, the down payment is, you know, requirements a lot lower. 
So that's one aspect of the transaction. Um, and then the other ones are, uh, you know, the turnout concept, right? You know, it's another a big piece of the, of, of the pie that uh, Matt didn't have to write a check out front. And I'm sure he and his accountant ran projections and so did the bank and the other writing process to determine uh, that the cash flow of the company would, you know, help uh, support that earnout payment. So, uh, you know, th- those are just a couple of things. And, the, and then the last piece is keeping, you know, is, uh, is keeping the key players involved so that the clients stay. And that was part of the reasons, you know, to do the earnout. So those are some key, you know, points that, I, that I've heard there that sounds like, you know, help get the deal done and they could to you as well, listeners. So yeah, Matt, any, any thoughts on those things? I think you laid them out, them out very nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, a, a big part of, the, of getting the banks, I mean, I, I had known my bank for a very long time on a personal level. Yep. And when I started Skyline, I walked into the bank and I said, I'm, I just started an LLC and I, I opened the account with $100. <laughs> right. Um, and they, they love that story. And, and you know, every, every year it was, you know, I'm doing my taxes and, uh, and it goes from, from $100 to $100,000 to $500,000 to $1.2 million. And they're like, oh, my God, like, like, how is this possible? And I'm like, well, you know, um, it's a new and emerging business and, and I have the relationships and uh, it's, 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 you know, something that, that not a lot of people are doing in New York city. And I'm, I was able to grow it, but the um, part of the confidence after seeing the growth in, in skyline by itself, the organic part of it um, is the, the receivables, you know, so they, they, they would, and they, they continue to do it to this day. Every monthly we, we submit, you know, how much money we we're owed in the various uh, you know time time spans you know zero to 30, 30 to sixty etc. Um, and then you know what was what was my receivables at for Skyline? What was my receivables for the engineering company? And you know together they become they become uh, X and um, and they're and they they they, they loan to us um, based upon um, a percentage of those receivables and which continue to rise today, which is great. And they keep. They keep, you know, as, as our payroll continues to increase, as we bring on more people um, on, on, on both sides of the firm, um, as does our line of credit, which gives us a little a little leeway, and you know, to be able to to, to grow. So that's great. So that's another deal, right? You know, a financing deal with the bank, which is, uh, you know, so the bank has both financed acquisitions, but also financed receivables for, you know. For working capital and growth, which is great. Um, let's go back to that first uh, acquisition for a second. Um, tell us a little bit more about, you know, did, did the did the uh, sellers, the founders of that company, uh, stay on for a, a temporary period of time, a long period of time, um, and then also what was the integration like? Because that's something that people underestimate sometimes is the uh, successful integration, whether that's on a cultural basis, on a human resource basis, on a technology basis, on a you know, you name it, systems basis. Yeah, you know, sometimes people will underestimate uh, the um, integration challenges uh, post acquisition. So, talk about the, that a little bit. Yeah. So the uh, the the principles re- they remain principles today, and this deal was done in 2017, uh, and it, it took about a year to to uh, we worked on it for about a year. Um, so th- the idea was that they were not looking to retire and walk away; they were looking for a quote unquote plan for retirement. Um, which was which was great uh, because they they had built a company for almost thirty years together, um, two partners. Um, the firm was about thirty people. Uh, had a great client base, uh, you know, really great reputation in the industry, and 
you know, everyone, including, you know, my, my consultants um, was concerned about, you know, how long are they going to stay? And, and, and our clients are very, you know, we're, in the beginning, we're very concerned about that. I'll come back to that. Um, but they, they continue to, to wish to work for a very long time. I mean, three to five to seven years. Um, you know, one of the principals actually has a son working here right now. And uh, he's, he's loving life. You know, he gets to come to work every day and his son is here and he gets to groom him. And, uh, and he's get, he has a lot of the, 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 the pressure of running the business, you know, uh, off his shoulders. Although the, these, these guys, I, I have to say, you know, everyone is very, my team is, is just thrilled to death that this deal actually worked. Uh, because they've seen so many deals, you know. I have a, I have a the, my I have my attorney is a mergers and acquisitions attorney, and he's a very close friend. And you know, he he was so cautious, and you know, really wanted to see this work for me. But he had seen so many deals go go wrong that you know we we did our homework, and um, and I, I I assured him of the comfort level that uh, that I had, and. And these are great guys, and they continue to work really, 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 really hard. I mean, they come to work every day. They work full time. Um, they write proposals. They manage the, the entire side of the office. It's really great. It's really, really great. And, and my whole team is really, really happy for me that the, that this deal actually worked, and it didn't fall apart like so many deals that they've seen happen, where things just go bad and sour, and you know all that stuff. But uh, it's going fantastic. So, so two questions on that. You mentioned some concerns about the, you know, from the clients in the beginning. Uh, so I'd love to hear how you got over those. And also, like, why did this one work? Was it, do you feel like you did, you know, good due diligence on the, on the personalities, on the, you know, on the cultural integration? Like, you know, what, what did you do right? Yeah. So um, on, the, on the concern of the clients, um, this industry uh, is, is really built on really built on, uh, on relationships. So um, we have architects, and we have developers that have been working with these guys for 10 to 15 years. So, you know, when the news got out that, um, and you know what, it's funny, we, we, it was a, it was a, it was a, uh, 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 an asset acquisition, an asset purchase, but to, to everyone out in, in the, in the, in the world, it was a merger. And, um, in, in the beginning, I, I, I thought acquisition was a stronger word. You know, I'd, I'd see, you know, web email blasts and things like that about this firm acquires this firm. And I said, wow, you know, I, I, want, I want to be Skyline acquires, you know, Rodkin Cardinale. But then, then someone talked some sense to me and says, no, you know, that's almost a, a hostile type of a language. And they said, you know, merger and, you know, it sounds much more soft. And, I, and I, it didn't take long for me to figure that out that that was the the right way to phrase this. So when, when the word did get out and we made a big announcement, you know, um, the, the principals immediately got several phone calls and emails, you know, oh my God, are, are, are you retiring? Are you leaving? What's happening? And we, we, we spent a good month or two or three, um, I'll, I'll call it damage control, but nothing really happens, you know, but it was the, the principals ha- had to assure our existing clients that they weren't going anywhere for a right. very, very long time. Right. And it took a while, maybe, maybe six to nine months before they actually believed them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but they, 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 they truly believe them now and they are here and it's been several years now. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I've been integrating for several years uh, and getting to know all the clients just, just as well as they know them. 
So uh, really, really important because uh, in, in this business, you know, those relationships, once, once they disappear, they just, they would just move on to the next, you know, the next guy. Uh, they'd be sad about it, but they'd have no choice and that's what they would do. But we were able to, to, uh, to maintain those relationships and, and even grow them. As a matter of fact, um, several clients for, for years bef- before the, the, the merger would say, hey, guys, how come you don't do special inspections? How come you don't do commissioning? And, and they, what they were happy about was now they get the chance to say, yes, we do. Right. We do, we do that now. So they were just as, as excited about it as I was. Just a couple of things I hear, you know, that, that I want to, uh, again, sort of point out for the listeners is that, you know, this was a very strategic uh, acquisition, right? You know, sometimes there are financial acquisitions or growth to, to, uh, for geography, you know, expansion and things like that. But this is where there's a, a bunch of synergies where, where now you can cross sell and upsell, you know, uh, yes. other services to, to, you know, so that's, that's a huge reason why, uh, why people do, you know, do deals. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the thing with, um, these guys staying on for three, five, seven years, um, you know, it, especially in a service business. And this is, you know, applies to Matt's business. It applies to, uh, you name it, investment advisory firms, accounting firms, any, any consulting firms, IT, you know, any service business. Um, it's why you need to do these deals earlier than most people try to do them to have the most options and the most success because too many uh, people wait till they have a health issue or, you know, or, or they're just sick of it. Now they're, they're a year from retirement, six months and they just want out. And the problem is in a relationship business, which most service businesses are, um, you know, there's going to be, you're not going to uh, maintain as many clients uh, as if you did it the way Matt's done it, where you say, Hey, this is a succession solution for these guys, but they're not going anywhere for a while. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Great. Um, so, so Matt, um, it, it, so we, we, you, you've done, fun, you know, deals with, 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 with your bank, whether it was, uh, you know, your receivables uh, funding, your SBA uh, loan, you've done this one acquisition, any other deals that you've done to help grow your company? Well, um, we've, we've formed some strategic alliances. Great. Uh, Let's talk about those. And, uh, and we, we do have another deal that's kind of uh, in, in the works. Um, so some strategic alliances. So uh, a, a big part of construction in New York City, and and certainly with um, with public work, like work for work for the city or the state, is um, MWBE. That's uh, Minority and Women Owned Business Enterprises. Um, there's a there are goals for MWE uh, MWBE participation in projects. Um, so we formed some some alliances with. Uh, other inspection agencies that are MWBEs, and we've been able to take a project and, you know, basically have a sub thirty percent of it out to an MWBE and be able to help satisfy the MWBE goals for the project. Um, that's some of the things that we've done, and that's a great area. I've done some of those deals, and you know, listeners, it's, it's a great area because. There are these, you know, requirements, uh, and some of them are governmental. Some of them are even in corporate deals. You know, some some of the big companies have uh, requirements from the MWB participation. And um, at the same time, some of these MWB companies uh, need some additional capacity, uh, you know, to be able to uh, fill some of these contracts because uh, you know some of them tend to be smaller and etc. So it, you know, it works out really well because uh, the uh, majority-owned company like Matt's gets access to contracts and projects they wouldn't otherwise be able to sometimes. 
um, and the MWB company gets in on the deal and, and, be, and, and is able to provide services with the support of the uh, of the strategic alliance uh, company partner, like Matt's company, uh, on uh, jobs that uh, are sometimes bigger or more complex than they can handle on their own. Yeah, I have, I have to give credit to the, you know, the, the the company. A lot of the ways that we have grown has been through me seeing an opportunity. So I, I'm a mechanical engineer by background. So I started doing mechanical inspections. And I was given advice to, hey, Matt, you know, you, you need to have your company do not only the mechanical, but the structural as well. And I said, hey, that's, that's a good idea. You know, become the one-stop shop. And they're like, yeah, exactly. Because you know, a, a, an owner wants to hire one company to do all their inspections. So I, I went out, I, I started branching into structural inspections. And then, you know, you can see that the large projects, large construction projects, um, again, on that one-stop shop, you know, aspect is they want you to have a concrete testing laboratory under your umbrella, not just have it as a subcontract. So that's when I built a concrete testing laboratory. Now I can say I'm I'm truly, you know, a, a one-stop shop because now I have my own lab. Um, so you know, on that note, um, as I was as I was uh, young in the industry, maybe you know, two or three years, um, I had a gentleman join me who became um, one of my structural directors. So he was uh, in charge of the structural division. He was uh, he worked with me for a good couple of years. We got along great. You know, wonderful guy, wonderful engineer, very experienced. Um, and he got, you know, he got whisked away for his, his dream job. So he's, uh, he's, he's Colombian. He speaks Spanish. He's a PE and some company said, Hey, we want, we need an engineer who can speak Spanish to run, basically run their own little, um, engineering company and, and support what we do. So he says, you know, Matt, I, I'm sorry. I, you know, this is my dream job come true. I, I have to go. I said, by all means, be- best wishes, best of luck. We'll see what happens. Right. So he did that for five years, and then that company decided they didn't want to be in the engineering business anymore. So they were going to get rid of his his little division. So he calls up and tells me this, and he says, "Hey, is there anything that you know you think we can do together?" I said, "Absolutely." So things kind of come full circle. So he actually had a, a uh, an engineering company set up, which is what he did the engineering under for a, a large German steel manufacturing company. And uh, we saw an opportunity to, to to partner with him, and and he he's a minority, he's a hundred percent owner, and so we saw an opportunity to uh, again form a even a stronger strategic alliance. So he's now, you know, we have a relationship now where I can uh, subcontract work to his company, and we're we're now growing his company. So we're we're getting it certified as a special inspection agency. Um, we're even considering and, and have the wheels in progress for basically taking my laboratory and shifting it under his umbrella, um, which would allow us to get a lot of, of the city and you know, public work um, and satisfy MWBE requirements. Also, a lot of, um, a lot of our developers uh, here in the city, um, although they're not doing public work directly for the city, but there, there is an MWBE goal. And I can tell you, it was like a knife in the heart when I, I'm, you know, we, we designed a, a half a million square foot building, very, very, very large project and on the design side. And now I'm going after the inspections. And they said, you know, Matt, we'd, we'd love to give you the concrete testing, but we have to give it to an MWBE. And at the time I didn't have that set up 
And it was like, again, knife in the heart. So I said, man, we, we got to figure out a way to um, at least get concrete testing or some portion of the company um, certified as an MWBE so that we can help these clients out, you know, and, and, and take, you know, a little bit more of the, of the pie. Um, so those, that's something that's actually in progress right now, like as we, as we speak. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's great. It's a very small world. Uh, obviously, everyone knows, especially in New York City, construction and engineering, you know, we all know each other. You got to keep your, your relationships. You never know what's going to happen. And here I have a, a, a trusted friend who worked for me, left, came back, and now we're, you know, we're working on another relationship that uh, is going to be a fantastic one. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, Matt, one of the things that I can hear, because I, I hear the way you speak about people, whether it's your partners in the firm that you, you know, you acquired or it's, uh, you know, this gentleman, uh, you know, who left and now you have a relationship with him. We, you know, you, you, you speak highly of them. And, and one of the things that, um, you know, one of the challenges I think people have in doing deals, whether it's mergers, acquisitions, strategic alliances, et cetera, uh, you know, is ego, right? Or their unwillingness to share uh, profits and decision-making or, uh, you know, so do you have any thought? Do you have any thoughts on what you know? Like you obviously are successful at that, uh, and you know you haven't had the kind of personality clashes with the key key people, and you haven't you've figured out how to divide the pie, and you figured out how it works for everybody. Uh, have any uh, thoughts on how you do that so successfully? Uh, you know, I I guess I just have to say it's it's natural. <laughs> uh-huh. um, you know, I I've, I've always been a, a nice guy. People say, "Wow, you know, you're such a nice guy," and um, you know, I just have to say that the personality, you know, is probably a, a big reason for, uh, for my success, you know, um, and that, you know, that comes from confidence and, you know, getting a good foundation in, in engineering and, and, and family, of course. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a huge part of, of, uh, of success in, in this industry is being able to communicate with people and, and deal and work with people. Um, I have to credit, uh, you know, my, my martial arts training too, for being able to, um, deal with situations. So which, which come up every day, you know, people are always saying to me, wow, you know, that guy was, he was really angry. You know, there was a conflict, you know, in in the field and, and, you know, and we, we walk away laughing and hugging each other and they say, well, how did you do that? I go, you know, I I don't, I don't really know. You know, it's natural. It's part of, uh part of the you know my my, my personality but uh, yeah personalities are really really important the the um, the principles of the of, of rock and cardinale um, also great guys very nice guys and you know we we immediately um, uh, you know bonded and can and I I'm, I'm able to to not push too hard for change and see their side of things and we kind of go back and forth and uh, yeah, I, I really don't have um, a, a lot of ego. You know, it, it's if something's broke, we try to fix it, and you know, we, I have direction, but um, I'm, I'm always willing to listen, and and I'm fair, and that's what you need. You know, and and what's great is all the members of of, of the firm, you know, are are that way, and that's why we're able to get along, you know, so well. Um, they, they, they tell me that, you know, one, one big reason that, you know, uh, Skyline and me, you know, stuck out. I mean, there were other firms that were interested in the company, of course. Sure. Um, and, and they were all, I'll call them traditional MEP firms. So it would be your traditional acquisition, right? An MEP firm buys an MEP firm, 
fires half of them, takes over, takes the clients, you know, the, the, the list and, you know, off you go. Uh, what, what they liked about me was that I offered something different. It was, it was an expansion of services. It was a very synergistic, you know, um, relationship. You know, the firm became stronger and, and could offer more, you know, versus just being acquired by someone else. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure they liked the, uh, the, the personality, you know, uh, as, as well. And, and they're, they're great guys. You know, we, we're, we're having a good time. We, we love what we do. They, they, those guys love what they do, That's, which is why they can continue to, to work so hard, you know, for the, to see the success of the now skyline um, is in everyone's best interest. Um, so it, it's really going great. And I'm really proud and happy to, to say that. That's great. That's great. That's great. Um, before I ask you my final question, Matt, uh, I'm sure people have gotten a lot of value uh, from your deal experience of, you know, they've gotten to know uh, what your company does, which is uh, clearly, you know, pretty unique in, in, in the New York City construction, uh, you know, business. Um, if they want to reach out to you uh, or f- learn more about your company, what's the best place to do that? Well, we have a pretty good website, um, a lot of information on it about uh you know, the company and the origins and the four divisions. Uh, our website is skylinenyc.net. So that's right. skylinenyc.net. Uh, it's got all the information about uh, uh, what we do. It's a great place to start. Excellent. And and folks, if you're driving or whatever and you didn't get that, it's going to be in the show notes. So just check the show notes. You'll be able to, you know, find out, uh, you know, check that website and check out Matt. Um, so Matt, my final question that I always ask on the podcast is about authenticity. And for me, that's one of my highest values. And it's not about external uh, morals or integrity. It's about um, uh, living a life, building a business, making business decisions, doing deals that are in alignment with our inner truth. Like that, you know, like, cause I've seen, I've seen too many entrepreneurs who build something based upon external pressures or ego or whatever, and then they get there and then they're, you know, they're not they're like, what did, what did I just build? And you seem really happy with what, you, what you've, you've created and continue to create. So um, for me, uh, that's a conversation of alignment and authenticity. Uh, I'm wondering what authenticity means to you and how it's played out, uh, you know, in the way you make business decisions. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, it, it, it's funny, the whole, the whole thing is almost accidental. You know, I, 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 I love engineering. I became an engineer. I was working in a very large company, um, which I probably would have become a partner at um, just due to my you know, technical experience and personality and stuff like that. But I, I, I stepped away from that and started doing something you know, for myself on my own, um, having no idea that I, it would be a 70-person firm. And in five years, I could probably be saying to myself, I had no idea it would become a 150-person firm. Um, so, you know, it, it's just, I just keep, um, doing what I love, which is, which is the engineering field. And, uh, you know, I got bit by the, you know, the entrepreneur, you know, bug, um, but all of it, you know, kind of almost found me or, or I see an opportunity and I would, and I would see if it made sense and I would go after it. Um, but you know, I, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I, I, again, never in a million years would I think that, uh, I was the owner of a, of a 70 person firm right now that, that actually had an acquisition. I mean, it was, uh, the whole thing kind of still kind of blows my mind. Um, so that, that's all I can say about that is that, uh, you know, this was, this was never in the cards, but, um, here we are. And I, and I find a way to make it work. And when, you know, when you, 
when you do what you love, it's it's not work, right? That's just what I tell my 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 kids and my family. Yeah, totally. And and the other big piece that I do see that you mentioned is that you know, unlike some other people, when opportunities present themselves, you've trusted and take and taken advantage of the ones that seem right. And some people uh, don't do that. And you've done that. And you've given several examples of that on this podcast. Yeah, you, you, know, you, you have to, uh, you have to take those opportunities. And you, you do have to kind of trust in yourself. And what I say to myself a lot, um, almost, almost daily is failure is not an option. Failure is not an option. Um, we're going to find a way to, to make this work. And, uh, and that's, you, you, you work at it, you find a way to, to make things happen. But uh, yeah, you know, certainly wasn't easy to leave a hundred uh, year old firm <laughs> where I had pension and, you know, very solid future and all the stability you can imagine. And, and this is in 2010 now in the middle of a recession and say, I'm going to start my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of people thought I was probably really crazy, but uh, it was something that drove me. And, uh, you know, I, I get things, you know, spiritually from, from the universe. And it was something that I was just meant to do. And uh, just sitting here talking to you and, you know, owning 70 person firms says to me, I made the right decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I totally get that. Matt, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Corey. I really appreciate it. And thank you, Fueling Deals listeners, for tuning in. Remember, there's only one difference between companies that grow inorganically and those that don't. And it's unrelated to size, amount of capital, or any other factor. Other than that, the owners and executives of companies that do deals make a decision to do deals. And then they take action. Well, it's time to refuel. So until next week, Corey Kupfer signing out. Thank you again for tuning in. Be sure to leave Fueling Deals a rating and review on iTunes and Google. Check out all our episodes at fuelingdeals.com to find out more resources to accelerate your business growth.